Hey, Darren, I just gotta warn you. He's a lot tougher than he looks. Trust me, I know. Who do you think I am, Travel? Could you beat him? Huh? What, could I beat him? What are you implying, that I can't beat him? I can beat him, you couldn't. I thought you were gonna say that. As I remember correctly, just a couple minutes ago when we were backstage, didn't you say that you could beat Hornswoggle with one arm tied behind your back? Did you or did you not say that? Yeah, I did say it, Chavo, yeah. Whoa, 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 didn't you also say backstage that you can beat Hornswoggle blindfolded? What are you doing here? What are you doing? Did, did you or did you not say that? You're embarrassing me. Would you, would the WWE Universe like to see Darren Young wrestle blindfolded with one hand tied behind his back? The future is now. And welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. It's your boy, Nando Kid. And it's your boy, Roman Roman down the galactic highway, Larry Cannon. <laughs> you, you got me going with the, the, what the, the space, what did it call? The, the biker mice from Mars. <laughs> I forgot about them. Bro, the Mice from Mars were hard, dude. I don't even remember their names. I just remember one of them had a f- half a face like Kano. One of them had like a metal arm, I think. Uh huh. And then another one had sunglasses. And I don't know if maybe two of those are the same guy, <laughs> but it was like they was dope. It did what the villain was. The bad guys were cheese puns. <laughs> Cause he's like the dude's like mere Limburger, like some I don't know, some cheesy, but it was ridiculous. I don't remember nothing about it except that they was different colors too. One was a dark mouse. You know what was the dope? Right, I'm gonna give you a tidbit on why the biker mice from Mars were extra dope to me uh-huh. because when I was a kid, I had mice as pets. oh yeah, that's right. I do remember that. And straight up, yeah. I swear, I shit you not, I had three mice. I had a white one, I had a tan one, and I had a little black one. And you know which what else was just like that? The biker mice from Mars. Dang. They had a white one, they had a tan one, and they had a black one. They were not named after them, but it just so happened that I had three mice. Yeah. And then they was three mice, and they was dope as fuck. And my mice was dope as fuck, even though they weren't, because they would fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> but but who doesn't fight each other? So it, but you know, like what family don't exactly. <laughs> you ain't fighting like if you not fight each other. What kind of way are you really a family? <laughs> Vin Diesel will say no. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, he fought all of them, didn't he? No, the, that's what I'm saying is that oh, you you're not a real family until you fight just like Vin Diesel. Exactly. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Hey, fun fact about Vin Diesel. You know that fool's a twin. Yeah, I, I just found that out a couple of weeks ago from nice. something. He was also the 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 main reason why I was laughing at the the the, the mice is just because I had just watched a, a documentary based on the Ninja Turtles on on the two creators, and nice. they were comparing, of course, all the other 
cartoons that were kind of trying to knock off of it. And yeah, Vin Diesel was uh, one of the in one of the commercials for Street Sharks as well. So there you go. Full circle. Full for real? Circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a early cart. Uh, he was in an early Street Sharks toy commercial, just a- advertising the the toys. So yeah. Oh man, they should have had him voice a Street Shark. They were tripping. Yeah. <laughs> Act like his voice don't sound like a Street Shark. <laughs> Vin Diesel is the epitome of what a Street Shark is. He looked like if they was gonna do a Vin like a Street Shark movie in the nineties, the same way they did the uh, Super Mario one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That they, that they would have just looked like Vin Diesel. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And if you stuck through that entire <laughs> banter, about Come on. then uh, welcome back. <laughs> we might need to put that in the um, in the outline uh, banter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're 60 episodes into our podcast, you're probably a loyal listener that you'll put up with our banter before we even do a show introduction. So if uh, if you're new to the podcast, then. Uh, just know that we really like early '90s cartoons. So there you go. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you anything that there are people who only like the banter. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you they don't even follow or watch these episodes of NXT. That they are all in when it comes to to the banter. So I, I they probably make it hella funny too. Have you ever have like it's kind of like when you hear people talk about their coworkers and you don't know what they look like. Oh yeah yeah so yeah. So you you make it up in your mind like oh okay yeah I hear this name all the time. You gotta look like this. So it's like you know for people who don't follow the show that we're talking about they probably just make up what they look like in their head. It's before the pandemic it would be extra fun because either you would go or your your partner or spouse whatever would go to the holiday party and then finally see the the face to all these stories and it, it would be pretty hilarious at that point and then you'd be like oh that's not nothing <laughs> what i thought you <laughs> unless you did some like footwork on linkedin or something but you probably didn't because you didn't want them to be looking like hey yo uh, your your boyfriend is looking at me on linkedin yeah. <laughs> like, so it's just like all right nah so you just kind of wonder so he's like oh man that's not nothing what i thought you looked like man or oh you way ugly i thought you was gonna be i don't have to worry about anything (laughs) (laughs) all right never never mind (laughs) going back and play my uh, biker biker I know. I bet you they had a dope theme song. I bet you it probably said their names over and over, and then it had a good guitar riff. Oh yeah, fine. You gotta find it. Uh, uh, if anything, that's automatically the outro music for this episode. So there, do it, there please. You go. There you go. In case if you were wondering, yes, this is still a episode dedicated to NXT. Not only NXT, but a episodic NXT podcast. We review the episode starting from 2010 from the very beginning, and now we are on episode 61, episode 7 in season 5. This episode occurred on April 19, 2011 at the O2 Arena in London, England. Yep. And I'm pretty sure O2, it, it does stand for something, because I, I think I've seen it referenced outside of just the o2 arena but i i would have oh, to okay. i would have to look up what it is I, I it's probably how like the oakland arena was the o.co for a little bit mm-hmm. and it was just overstock.com yeah and now what what's the uh the lakers one it's like crypto something yeah i can't believe it 
the, the crypto.com arena. Yeah. Or either the crypto.com arena or just the crypto arena. I don't know. And which is like, it's cool. And it kind of sucks because I had never been inside the Staples Center. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. But it's like, who gives a damn? Because it's still the same place, honestly. Like, come on, dog. I done worked at the place that changed their name every year. Like, yeah. Like, they're like, they got repackaged more times. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who get, who keep getting repackaged? Lord Tensai. <laughs> He's literally the first one that come to mind. I'm like, man, he get repackaged more time than Albert. <laughs> We Prince just Albert. we just we just named two out of ten probably right there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Albert. <laughs> hey, wasn't he dancing with Brodus Clay you at the end? See, it's a, the, he was. <laughs> it was the uh, no, he was dancing with Scotty Too Hotty, the hip hip hop uh, hip hop. Wow, something I forget what is. People will know what I'm talking about, but I I forgot the exact name that he. That was him, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, he he went through he went through a list of gimmicks for sure. <laughs> All right, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, so this episode, in in case, because it's also been a while that we've been able to record, so just to kind of catch people up to speed, they didn't do a video package, but pretty much they're still in the phase where I believe no one has been eliminated yet. We're still kind of just doing the uh, the matches and storylines throughout the season, but they haven't actually done an elimination yet so we kind of kick off with the first challenge of the show again if you're also tuning in we're we're not going to go through all the individual segments in high detail but we're also just going to kind of skim through it and kind of focus more on the matches throughout the season but just to kind of uh to, to ramp back up for us to record again i wanted to mention the the different segments that happened on this episode and yeah, the the rookie challenge for this episode was the pull through challenge where it's similar to one of the other competitions that they had done on a previous season where they have to go on like these American Gladiator type uh, stands is is the best way I can kind of describe it. And then they have a rope where they have to pull each other off. And but it got kind of complex there in in one of them where. I think Lucky Cannon had held it and then let go of it. And then I I think it was Titus who was pulling it back. And then Titus lost somehow. I, I got kind of confused on. So I, uh, the thing with that one is that they're in the middle of the rope. There was this little yellow thing. Uh-huh. And it was like if you had a, it, the thing was that the yellow thing was supposed to stay between oh. i guess between their hands oh. so like once it got past one of their hands you you have two you have way more rope than the other guy so that's what i kind of understood because i didn't get it at first either i was like what you mean like yeah <laughs> it looked, <laughs> looked like he failed to me <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i kind of got got uh thrown off as well the- but then as it kind of went later on i heard say something about something like yellow marker and then you oh, can kind of yeah, see yeah. it in the middle at some point so i was like oh i guess what yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess you got rules in the tug of war like that but you know it makes sense because like uh when i went to new york we had a tug of war as like a team bonding thing mm-hmm. which is like why would you do something so competitive to make y'all bond but i digress <laughs> but um and then there was like you know you couldn't have so much more of the rope than the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, y'all can't be trying to like gather all the rope. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just gotta pull them over. So I was like, oh okay, I guess. Like I you know, 
Like, don't nobody really play tug of wars like that casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was pretty interesting. You know, I, I watched the whole segment as well. Like, it's kind of dope. I was hoping somebody was going to like, they was both going to pull real hard and one of them was just going to let go yeah. and watch the other one just fall back. But nobody did that. I was like, oh, you guys suck. Yeah. That's what kind of also made me think it was kind of what they were describing throughout the season where a lot of the competition seemed like they were legit and sometimes they were kind of staged. This one, mm. this one seemed like it was a mix where they probably did want Lucky Cannon to be in the finals just because of storyline purposes. But mm-hmm. I think they didn't really book book it so strictly where they had to figure out how they were going to get there. They just mm. said that, oh, okay, at the end, at least have Lucky Cannon in, in the finals. But how, yeah, how it, you get there, do whatever you want kind of a thing. It did kind of seem like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was probably something along the lines of kind of how you said, like, hey, yeah, as long as Lucky gets up there, we don't care whoever else gets up yeah, there. Yeah, the yeah. rest of you guys can go for it. But whoever's kind of up against him, you put him over, essentially. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, you do think that Jacob Novak is sort of uh, following in your direction. What I've been saying, because you haven't been here, Josh, is that if I could take him, I could make him into a superstar here. Oh, look at this! Ooh, good. I could make him into a superstar. But Wait, did Lucky get disqualified for throwing the rope? Well, Lucky, you are disqualified. Jacob, no bad. Congratulations. You are the winner. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that this is also, I believe, from my records of just keeping all the stats, I believe this is also the first episode where uh, Matt Stryker is not on the show because Maurice is the only host during this episode. I. I didn't really dig too much to see why that was the case, but yeah, it, it was the first time that he wasn't there. And because of that too, then we had actually Josh Matthews return on commentary. So it might've, my assumption is it was probably just a travel thing just because they were in the, in the, in the UK. So they, mm. they probably just kind of didn't need the whole squad to be over there and they just kind of shuffled people around. So that that's just my best guess of what probably happened there. Mm. That makes sense. Cause like you know, he just kept saying, "This, what is it? It's all about me." He was it's all about me. He was he was uh, David Otunga, and he was doing the Emma gimmick because Emma did that whole "all about me" gimmick towards the end of her NXT career as well. I think she's still. That's one of my least favorite gimmicks. It, they, I, I never realized how many people have done that gimmick, and I believe she's still even doing it in Impact because. The last time I saw her on TV, I think she was doing that whole all about me gimmick still. So, yeah, it's 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 you been know, around certain gimmicks. Just somebody got to do it, bro. Like, come on, man. Like. Knock on wood. But once Ric Flair is gone, we're going to need a new nature boy. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's got to be nature boy AJ Styles. <laughs> Because, you know, he was in, what, Fortune or, what is it, The Millionaires? Whatever oh, team. For, fortune. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fortune, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it was one of those, like, rich boy teams with uh with Ric Flair. Come on, man. I'm trying to see the Nature Boy AJ Styles. Or, like, if you want to, you know, the Nature Boy. It just don't sound right. The Nature Boy, The Miz. There's not enough syllables in his name. You know who could, so, you know who could pull it off and also keep the same legacy? I don't know if he's still actively wrestling or if he retired. But uh, Matt Morgan could pull it off. 
Cause he, Ooh. cause he, cause he was, he all, was with the rich boy team. Too, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, come on dog. Instead of the blueprint, Matt Morgan, the nature boy, Matt, Matt Morgan. Morgan. Ooh, see, see how that, come on dog. It just, you just got to have the right amount of syllables or just more than mm-hmm. like one. And it works. Yeah. The nature boy, Matt Morgan solid. Yeah. Yeah. See they, some, some, we go, I'm telling you, man, like we got to have one, like, cause what we had Ric Flair, buddy, and then before, buddy. before him, it was buddy Rogers. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, man. Pro wrestling needs a, a, a nature boy the same way Hollywood needs James Bond. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So going into our first matchup of the show, we have Jacob Novak with JTG. Actually, just a quick plug for folks out there. We're actually going to go check out a local show, I believe, in March. And JTG, I don't know if he's going to be on that card, but I just saw he got announced to be on the show after because we're going to the one in san francisco and they ha- they have a show the very next day in santa cruz and i think he's gonna mm. he's gonna be on that show but i don't know jtg he, is jacked he's he's jacked yeah uh. he, he's actually teaming up with our boy uh chris masters in uh nwa right now so it's pretty cool to actually see that the the old pros are still working together at that point and yeah both of them oh, that's dope both of them are equally as jacked <laughs> now compared ah, compared nice. to back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. Uh nice. So yeah, kind of oh, sorry. So yeah, it's Jacob Novak with JTG in his corner going up against Connor O'Brien with uh Vladimir Kozlov. This uh this was interesting because before the matchup, Novak actually ended up cutting like a pro America promo just because they were in the UK. So they're, they did two things here because he's the heel. He's trying to get heat against the the hometown. And at the same time, we still had Willem Regal. We'll get to his situation later on in the episode. But in storyline, they've been kind of building up this uh, animosity between the two of them. So he was just kind of trying to play off of that and also aggravate Willem Regal a little bit since, uh, you know, they were in his hometown and everything. But mm-hmm. but it was cool. William Regal was actually kept his cool throughout the beginning of the matchup, and he's still trying to be very uh, non or neutral, I should say, throughout the matchup. Yeah, neutral, non-confrontational. Yes. Um, Jacob uh, Novak's his promo wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, he just kind of said that. You know, kind of key takeaways there. JTG did refer to him as Jacob Novakane. I thought that was. Dope. I, I thought that was, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Novak was saying that uh, American English is the real English, which is like a, a, a very good, like kind of PC way to get them real ticked off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, ooh, we hate that. Yeah. But um, no, nah, you know what? Um, I kind of enjoyed this match. Uh, it was pretty cool because, you know, um, similar in your notes you, that you said, they, they both kind of have similar builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're both kind of these tall, lanky dudes, but it's interesting how um, they're both similar in build, but their styles of wrestlings are kind of way different. Yeah. Like one thing that I noticed about Novak, he's real big on these leg moves, man. Yeah. He really likes throwing the boot. He really likes throwing the leg drop. Like these are things that Hulk Hogan was winning titles with, son. <laughs> he turned these into regular moves. Like he at one point hit the boy with like three leg drops straight. Yeah. Like, that's... That's overkill for Hulk Hogan. And he's trying to kill somebody if he's doing all of that. Yeah. But, you know, Novak turns it into a DDT, essentially. Um, you know, his big boot game is on point. He was throwing them out. Like, all he used the big boots as, like, counters. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, whoa. 
So he almost don't got arms. So I like that. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the match went pretty back and forth. Novak is still getting his feet wet in the ring. Yeah, like can- not feet wet, but more comfortable. But you could tell that uh, it seemed that Connor's still leading the match. Yeah, for sure. Um, they went back and forth. It was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, at one point, it looked like Connor was gonna win with a a roll up, one of the you know most devastating moves <laughs> ever. That I was really surprised that he needed to pull that out for J- Jacob Novak anyway. Yeah, but he went for it, and the ref was getting ready to count to three, like we know he's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looked like uh, I don't know if they muffed the finish too fast. Or, but the ref was like, hey, his shoulder not down, but could look kind of down to me. Yeah. But, you know, they got up and then from there, it looked a little more on the cuff, I'll say, that the the rest of the match, they, they kind of engaged in some strikes, um, a little back and forth stuff, a couple closed lines and whatnot. It looked kind of rushed, uh, more impromptu versus kind of like the roll up that he had him in seemed more definitive. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Connor had to dig deep in the well again, had to hit him with another roll up. It's dangerous. And then uh, he got the one, two, three. So we had to see a, a false finish. <laughs> <laughs> we had to see a, a false finish midway through that match. Two high impact finishers. Yeah, the, the world can't have back to back ones and, and not feel a little rumble in, on the floor, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know, man, like the, <laughs> the, the crowd, bro, like, you know, that's like, and this match was only three minutes. That's yeah. like if, uh, if Brock Lesnar was wrestling somebody and he had to end up with two F5s, yeah, yeah, yeah. a three, a three minute match, dog, you know, you see Roddy Strong hit the end of heartache twice. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> well, you, you hate that guy. Huh? So Yeah. Connor really went all out with the finishers in this match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so did Novak. He hit him with like 11 big boots and leg drops. <laughs> like that match was like when you saw um, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg wrestle. Yeah. So he yeah, yeah. Nothing, but, nothing but suplexes and his spears and jackhammers and F5s. That match was pretty much the NXT comparison of that. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the weird part is that, yeah, I, I saw the same thing too, where the referee looked like he had pulled back on his count, but I I didn't understand why because it, it seemed like he had him up and he was going to win the match either way. So yeah. I, I think yeah, I think you're right where there was probably just some miscommunication on because the second roll up was worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like his shoulder was like way up. Was that my man, um, Scott Armstrong? Uh, I I would have to look at it again, but I'm I think you're probably right. The, I think that was Scott. The, the only thing I can think of is maybe that they were going under and they just needed to still keep the match going just for mm, for time yeah, purposes. Too fast. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the only reason because yeah, other than that, it seemed like everything was fine when they were trying to do the the roll up uh, the first time around. So I, I I didn't really understand it, but that mm. that was my best guess as well. But, okay. But yeah, at the end of the match, then this is where we get kind of a lot of the storyline continuing with Jacob Novak shifting his focus back on William Regal, and it it felt really I you know that I think that's what makes him so good at his uh, at any role really that he does. Where after the match, Jacob Novak really just goes over there and just kind of 
doesn't even really push him or anything. He just kind of <laughs> attempts to swipe at him. And then after that, he just like runs like crazy because William Regal, all he does is just stand up. He doesn't chase him or anything, but the camera does a good job of getting a close up on William Regal. And then Regal does like his trademark facial expressions. And it it's totally believable. Like this guy is about to whoop your ass if, if you don't get that. That whole exchange as juvenile as it was was perfect yeah 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 and it was like for exactly like the reasons you just said like he just went over there to bother him mm-hmm. and it was like he just swiped at him you know he had no intention on actually fighting him yeah yeah because yeah. it's like he's gonna beat you up yeah it's like is that to me was the equivalent of the child or the neighborhood kid that comes over and knocks over your garbage can mm-hmm. and like you know that if you wait until the person comes out of his house that he's going to beat you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you run away before. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go swipe at him and run away before I know his old ass can get me. <laughs> <laughs> That's- so, you know, it's like the perfect just kind of like snotty little little like, you know, crap head. Yeah. It's like, oh, Novak, you play this good. Even though you're like big, he still has like a snotty little kid look. Yeah. To him, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it worked well. And I think they picked the 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 perfect moment to do it since of course they were in in his uh home country so it's even more to to get the the heel Mm -hmm. the heel heat at that point oh yeah because then especially like you know the home crowd they're like (laughs) you're gonna let this american this you're gonna let this yank yet this yank yank. (laughs) and yet this yank disrespect you (laughs) not in the o2 mate I had the, I had to really dig for for the uh, the slang there. I'm like, you, oh yeah, yank. definitely yank, yeah, <laughs> yank, because that's specific. Like, you can't just say like wanker because yeah, that's yeah. like a general like you know disrespect for anybody. It's like you're calling him a Yankee. He's yeah. an American. <laughs> yeah, yank is more disrespectful than yeah, than wanker. Like, it's because it's short. Because yeah. like yeah. wanker is like oh you're just like a dickhead. But when you call somebody like a yank, yeah. do you're one you're calling him a Yankee. You're calling him American. Yeah, and it's like you shorten it. And you're almost calling him like a, a Yankee wanker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's why I was like, all right, that that's how you have to. So you know, call it's like out. that's how you insult this. Like, <laughs> imagine if imagine if Rigo actually said that on the mic too. It would have it would have got a huge pop at that point. They would have been like, "Listen, Yank." Talent <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. Like, All right. Jacob Novak allowed himself to get distracted by William Regal here at ringside. Connor O'Brien capitalizing and picks up the victory. I still want to know, though, what is going on between Jacob Novak. There's nothing going on with me. I'm just trying to do my job. And Why has he singled you out? I'm jealousy, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, wishes he had me as, as a pro. Oh, dear. So after that, uh, I'm not going to go into the details, but we can talk about it pretty quickly here where they did the raw rebound with, <laughs> I totally forgot about this storyline, how the origins were, but it was pretty funny where this is uh, when R-Truth actually turned on John Morrison. 
because I I totally forgot they were a tag team for a little bit, and it was it was weird because it was remind me so it was Truth who had a number one contendership, but then for some reason they're both baby faces, and then John Morrison had convinced them to put that on the line, and then from there Truth lost the match, and then that's where he kind of went he was going crazy yeah 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 i i didn't watch it because i remembered it yeah yeah yeah. i was trying to remember if this was the beginning of little jimmy it kind of is it kind of because like because this he starts going heel and then he's like pretty much he starts going crazy yeah because then it's like all right you know he's like i remember there's like i don't even know if this already passed but there's that one segment and he's like dressed up like Robert E. Lee. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's like way years after unless he did it twice. I think he may, I think he may have done it twice. But I think I think <laughs> I remember one time Brock Lesnar beat him up. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he did it unless tw- this yeah, yeah. I think he did it twice because my memory could be totally wrong, but from what I remember, it hap- this happened, then he faces Cena at Capital Punishment. So th- mm-hmm. thus explaining why he's wearing the the outfit that you said and on top of that i think he went through that matchup first and then after the match with cena is where he started doing the little jimmy little get, jimmy yeah 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 because he started talking to him mm-hmm. and don't nobody know who little jimmy is yeah yeah but it's like little jimmy was like a john cena fan yeah, crowd or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. it was like little jimmy was a real person yeah <laughs> it was like but it was like it just started to be his imaginary friend yeah like, that's right but it, it and then at some point, he teams up with the Miz against The Rock and Cena. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's. I need to. I mean, we'll we'll get there eventually if when we keep watching these. But yeah, it's it's very interesting how I have these big, pretty random highs in there for like our truth at one point yeah. with like John Cena is like, or you were running a pretty high profile like program with John Cena at one point, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and a and a believable at that one because. Mm-hmm. He definitely got to show some depth because, like, at first he was just like the, he was the rapid dude coming mm. out doing dance and the Booker T moves, and it was like, all right. But now it's like, oh, okay, now you know he kind of crazy. Yeah, he but, he evil. He don't care no more, and he's still wearing jeans. He really don't care. Yeah. Plus, plus commentary. I think even put him over at that time where they didn't mention it by name by saying the NWA champion, but they did say that, oh yeah, our truth is a former world champion in Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, anytime you say somebody's a former world champ, it kind of legitimizes them mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. first of all, you don't say where they was a world champ. Exactly. Yeah. And second you just say like, yo, bro, he was a world champion. So ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you do your homework and you figure it out. Yeah. But in our truth's defense, he was the NWA champ. So like that's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know. Like all let me take that back. All world titles are a big deal. There you go. All of them. There you, you go. know. All world titles are a big deal. If you're like if you're in bout and trusted and you like earned it and you know you earned it and you're not David Arquette, <laughs> like then like that's dope. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, exactly. No matter the company, like that's you know what somebody was like. You about to be the champ, even if you even if you're a transitional champ, like you you're meant to lose to the next dude. You still got to be the champ. You still go on the pantheon, up there with like the great Khalis and your your Jack Swaggers. Like these are still world champs, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you like it or not, and I don't, 
Those are still world champs. They wore those belts with honor. And that's what's up. Exactly. All right. So afterwards, then we had a backstage segment with Byron Saxton, Yoshitatsu, and Maurice. They were, uh, I should say, Byron and Yoshitatsu were kind of just discussing strategies for their tag team match later. Then Maurice comes along and interrupts them and Yoshitatsu just, you know, just being innocent. He says, like, if he if they want to go shopping after the show, she agrees. And uh, Yoshitatsu kind of just zones out after that, where Byron Saxon is still trying to get his attention and go over strategies with his pro. But he's he's already focused on his his uh, focus is not on the match anymore. If if no, his um his. His goals lies elsewhere. <laughs> uh to say the least, you know, Byron Saxon was doing his best. He's trying to help brother out. He was like, you know, man, we're going to do this for our match. Mm. And like, she came by and he's like, uh, and he tried to tell him, he's like, you know I me, mean? maybe you should watch out for her. I know, you know, you like her yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And she kind of like you, but maybe you should, because Maurice is kind of, you know, but he, you know, Maurice came up mm-hmm. and <laughs> everything he said in one ear and out the other. Yeah. So Byron Saxon was trying to like, you know, trying to game him up. Yoshitatsu said, nah, dog, I don't even want to hear that. My <laughs> mind is focused. I already know what my goal lies. It's right there in front of me. Nothing you can tell me. This is what I came to America for. <laughs> French women. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like saying the equivalent of I came to the U.S. for the Mexican food. <laughs> It's like, no, bro, I had to come to the United States from, like, Ukraine to get Mexican food, bro. <laughs> like, I had like I had to move over for, here, bro. For, for the taco truck. For, I had to move to, like, San Bruno for that taco truck across the street from Tamparan. <laughs> oh, shout out to all the food trucks in that area. <laughs> by, 100%. By the way. Like, and people know, they know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then we go to the second matchup of the... Uh, well, we can kind of skim through this one since this technically wasn't too much of a matchup here where we had Darren Young with Chavo going up against Hornswago. There was more of a, a setup for this than the actual match time where, you know, Chavo... And um, Darren were, were, were kind of talking backstage that, uh, you know, he could beat Swaggle with one arm behind his back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was goading him, goading him on and saying like, oh, yeah, um, if you think you're so confident, why don't you actually, you know, do that tonight? So then Chavo was kind of I think they were kind of struggling when he was trying to put the the blindfold over his his eyes, too, because he, he tried it a couple of times and it just kept slipping. And then after a while, then uh, he was finally able to get the the blindfold over over Darren Young's eyes. So mm. this ended up being where he had to face Hornswoggle with both uh, a blindfold and his arm tied behind his back. It was pretty much just a gimmick matchup, but I think it's it's fine because they've been leading to this storyline for the last couple of weeks with Hornswoggle and Darren Young. So I I I, I didn't see anything wrong, and plus. It's it's everything that we've always talked about with this version of NXT, where they were still trying to uh, appeal to to both markets, where it came to just a casual fan, and then also to actually give these guys an opportunity to become a future WWE superstar. You know, mm. so yeah, at the end, I think 
Darren Young only got like a few, you know, offensive moves in there before at the end when um, Darren Young. He kicked that fool hella hard. He did. Yeah. (laughs) He he kicked him really hard where he put him up there on the uh, on the top rope. And then Swago was able to kind of fight him off. And yeah, he, he kicked him at that point. So that set him up perfectly for the uh, the tadpole splash for the yes. for the win at one thirty eight. Like I said, not not too much happened there. It was mostly just a gimmick. But it say what you will, the crowd was still invested in that whole segment. So we could you you can make fun of it if you want, but as far as actually captivating the crowd, I I would even say that this short gimmick match got more of a reaction from the crowd than the first matchup did so dog there's something about professional wrestling and obvious mix matches Mm -hmm. that makes people go bananas yeah yeah like anytime you put somebody who's way bigger and way smaller against each other in a wrestling ring just the sight of it just makes people go oh man yeah yeah. what's gonna happen you just want to see the smaller person prevail yeah anytime you see a woman stand up to a dude in the ring you're like oh yeah we want to see them fight like you know kind of based off their size because like you know when you nia jacks everybody wants to see you beat you up but yeah that's bay so (laughs) (laughs) that's another story but no man um i don't like these kind of matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally but, get it. Yeah. You know, they always it doesn't take too long. It's just it's like it's like a time filler to like everything about it just worked in a certain kind of like time frame that it was like, oh, okay, the build up and you're like, oh, they're gonna do it, huh? It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, they did it. And it's like little kids, ah, oh, they're gonna do it. So it's just like, oh, they did it. Oh, okay, it's always good, you know. People want to pop for the frog splash. Yeah. I pop for the tadpole splash. Yeah. I don't even like him, <laughs> you know, but I like seeing it. I think it's cool. Yeah. I appreciate the the, the fact that, that man was there for a while. Oh, yeah. Doing like Hornswoggle was an OG for a hot minute. He saw the whole roster rotate like, yeah, man, sh- I was Vince McMahon's son at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I was fin- I was Finley's son. Then I was McMahon. Well, I was fin- Finley's son. And then I was Vince McMahon's son. Like, come on, man. I seen it all, dog. <laughs> you know how many times I've seen the big shows, like, change his alignment? <laughs> come on, dog. You know how many times he turned on me? Like, <laughs> how many times I was a part of those? Of, Please of, straight up. Of like, those you turns. Know how many times the big show turned heel on me? Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that scene from uh, Jingle All the Way that happened to me, son. <laughs> that was me, that was man. Me. That was all. That was based on me. <laughs> Tadpole. Tadpole. OG. Come on. But but kind of kind of to what you said it. It really is what they say it is. It, it, it's a it's it's a mix of everything for different crowds, and at the same time, they pace it like a roller coaster ride because you kind of have to kind of have some downtime before you build back up. Because going to going from that to the main event, it's it's preparing you for what you're about to see with the main event. Since that actually ended up being like a really really good matchup with with the, with the main event. Very true, and then you know what, like. Like the build up, like the match was only a minute and thirty eight, mm-hmm. but like the build up and everything to it, like you know that was a legit bathroom break. Yeah, where you know you come back and you're just ready for the main event. Exactly. So. Yeah, 
And with that, we do get right to it with the main event of the matchup, or I should say the main event of the show, where we have Byron Saxton and Yoshitatsu going up against Lucky Cannon and Tyson Kidd. I'm not going to lie. When we last recorded and I saw this as listed as the main event, it it sounded really good on paper. And I will say, I, I thought it there, there's still some storyline elements in there, of course, with, with everything that we just mentioned earlier with Yoshitatsu and Maurice. But I will say, when you had the two pros in there with Yoshitatsu and even Byron Saxon, to give him credit, when he was in the ring, those uh those guys had really, really good chemistry with each other, you know? Byron Saxon is a gangster. And then Yoshitatsu is just really good. And then Tyson Kidd is really good. Mm-hmm. So it's really for like all parties to benefit kind of like, yeah 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 lucky cannon being the greenest in there mm-hmm. and byron saxon's not like a vet or anything like that but byron saxon's pretty solid yeah like he plays that for his body type and his athleticism he plays everything very good like he bumps good he's yeah. like not little little but he's not big big so it's like when he's bigger than somebody he's going to be bigger than him. when he's smaller he's going to bump for you so he's dope yeah um tyson kid and like uh Mr. Tatsu put on like a nice chain wrestling clinic. Yes, 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 yes. That was like dope real, real fast, real fast. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So that was like, you know, I I it's really good that like not good, but it's like interesting that we had like kind of such a long layoff between episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's like I forgot how good I forgot again how good Yoshi Tatsu was in the ring. Yeah, yeah. The same way that I forgot all over again when we started the season. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh man, I mean, I, cause I know in one of the earlier episodes, I was like, oh man, I forgot how good Yoshitatsu was between the ropes. And it's like, I feel like that all over again. Mm-hmm. As soon as he started kicking uh, Lucky Cannon and made him run away in the beginning of the match, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he is dope. And it was like, oh, Tyson Kid jumped in there like, oh, I'm dope too, son. Yeah. And then they just had like this dope ass back and forth. Yeah. It, it's similar. Bravo. It's similar to when we were watching the other seasons and I said, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, DiBiase Jr. and Chris Masters during the during the end of their kind of WWE run were on on top of their game when it came to their their traditional kind of wrestling being a good hand at that end where they 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 were mostly gimmicked focused in the beginning of their career that they didn't get that time to to shine but towards the end of their of their uh their run when they were just kind of just doing these matches on NXT or Superstars or whatever they just let him just kind of go and and they really went same thing here with Yoshitatsu and and Tyson Kidd where they were just going all out with with the uh, with the matches you know mm, yeah no that's like it, I I always like when wrestlers have this uh oh dang man I, I just got to go out there and wrestle right now yeah yeah, and yeah like when they have that moment of their career like Every, they have them. It's like sometimes it comes sad too because it's like, oh man, you're just in that go out there and wrestle phase. Like, yeah. dang, you probably ain't got no storylines. Yeah. You're essentially there to help get somebody over or like, you know, look good doing what you do, winning on main event, stuff like that. But it's like, it's really dope sometimes because it's like, dang, man, I forgot these dudes could really go sometimes. Yeah. It's every now and then when our truth ain't being funny, it's like, <laughs> dang, man. <laughs> he can really fool, go. <laughs> this fool can actually wrestle too. Yeah. Dang, I I forgot. My bad. And so, like, oh yeah, you know what? You are not 
29 like i keep thinking you are like, <laughs> yeah well, our troop been 29 for the last 30 years dog like, there there was a there was one line that i actually liked here from the commentary team because it was uh william regal and and josh matthews this week there was a line where josh was asking william regal if he thought what the rookies are going through is harder than when william regal was a rookie and William Regal actually answered in saying that that it's harder for them now because they have this stage that he didn't have when he was, you know, a rookie. So it was kind of cool for William Regal to give props to them because mm-hmm. they have this amount of time on television, but they also have to pretty much get all their training in front of the world. So everyone gets to critique them and be a little bit more judgmental against them versus where when he was wrestling it was still hard but he was doing it in front of like nobody and yeah like 12 people yeah 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 so in an armory like yeah <laughs> or what in where he's from england in a dowry yeah. whatever that is i don't even know what that is bro <laughs> but, <laughs> but a, I, bur- a burrow yeah but I, I thought that was really cool where he was he was putting all the the rookies over at, at that point and yeah i I, I had it on my uh, my scoring for for later on in the episode. And, and that's the problem here on NXT. He's making himself noticed, and oh. with you know five other competitors that you've got to face, it's very very tough. I, I'm truly glad that I'm not in a competition like this because Saxton I, crawls under the cover, hooks the outside. I would have never have got anywhere in this industry if I was put in this position that the rookies are put in now. It's an incredibly difficult position to be in. You feel just from a competitive nature, we're speaking competitive nature and from making the contact with the WWE universe you have you know a short time every week to try and make that connection and it took me years and years to get noticed by the WWE before I got brought to America and, and, and put on, on television so it's a very difficult task even when he was kind of like fussing at a Novak he still kind of put him over yeah, at the same he did, time. Yeah, yeah yeah but yeah the the matchup was like I said Really good. There was also a really nice sequence when the pros tagged in and how you said earlier, they were doing these really quick sequences where there was a spinning wheel kick <laughs> by, by Yoshitatsu. And they, uh, I think he hit the Shining Wizard at one point on Tyson Kidd and only got a two count. There, yep. it, it, there was so much that happened in this matchup that I would recommend to you know check it out for yourself. It's, it's, on, it's on YouTube and it, it was just a really good matchup. That's why I watch it. I still watch it on YouTube, though. It is kind of cool because I I get to see the actual commercials that came out during that time because that's one that's the one thing you don't get on Peacock is that they don't don't leave all the original commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. They give you the Peacock ads, right? Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see those because I I did actually watch this one on YouTube as well. So they showed that that movie that Randy Orton was on, and I forgot all about that movie. I yeah. said, what the heck? Ed Harris, yeah. like, damn, Ed Harris, is a G, dude. Oh yeah, no, here? I, I love it. Like one scene in the whole preview. Yeah, <laughs> I love Ed Harris. So yeah, I'm, I'm not clowning on it. I just totally forgot about the movie in general as well. Yeah, did 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 you watch it? Like back in the day? No, I I know I would always uh, joke about it with Drew because there was always that line with uh, Randy Orton saying, "I'll go to the papers if I have to." And we I don't know I don't know why that stood out, but we would always talk about that line at work where 
we'd always be, oh, what, are you going to go tell the peepers about it? <laughs> it would just be that inside joke for, for no reason. <laughs> Damn. You're going to take it to the papers? <laughs> <laughs> so in the uh in the closing sequence yeah yoshitatsu was uh setting up tyson kid for one of his final kicks but then lucky cannon uh was hitting on maurice on the outside because she was not doing commentary but near the commentators table throughout this whole matchup so yoshitatsu ended up getting distracted tyson kid ended up countering it with his uh really really nice fisherman neckbreaker finisher mm-hmm. that he did at the time and they got the win at 11 55 and post-match lucky cannon and uh tyson kid were celebrating and he was just basically rubbing it in uh maurice's face because at this point maurice and yoshitatsu were more uh not an item but they were definitely closer so mm-hmm. he was just bragging to her because he's still trying to go after her but at the same time he's still a heel where he's rubbing it in uh Mm-hmm. in her face yes he just has to be obnoxious about yeah, it yeah yeah exactly and, absolutely and uh yeah fun fact this is only tyson kidd's second matchup on nxt and he's still undefeated to this point uh i mean you know when you use the moss cover 300 family credenza as a finisher there you go you're unstoppable that's like the best generic finisher that people could use yeah like use the the fish the swinging fisherman neck breaker like dude don't do the overdrive don't mm-hmm. i don't care how many people use the swinging fisherman neck breaker do it i don't care yeah like i was telling you earlier this week i i think the only person who's pulled out move off decently in the last couple of years was probably red velvet because she does it she does like a split in it or yeah yeah so i imagine it no yeah. no yeah she does a split so she runs off the ropes and then does it and then falls into a split so it, it looks it looks a little bit more mm, i got you it looks a little bit more convincing with the the flow of it versus just stopping in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> kind of just going for it you know stupid <laughs> All right. The setup to the overdrive is just never makes it. it the does, regular setup. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it, it just never it never feels impactful or, or anything like that. To me anyway. You know what move we needed we always needed more people doing uh leg drop bulldogs or mm. rocker droppers. Like don't do the overdrive. Think about if Randy Orton was doing a rocker dropper. He'd have an awesome rocker dropper. Yeah. He could probably still do one now if he wanted to. <laughs> See? Come that, on, man. <laughs> nah, that's a Dolph Ziggler. He's got that down pat. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the, 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 the famouser. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got it on lock. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go ahead and get into our scores for this episode. So for matches and commentary, I ended up giving this a 3.5. Because even though that we had kind of a, a gimmick match in, in the second matchup with Hornswoggle and Darren Young, this this main event match, uh, I think, pulled pulled the weight for, for that match. And the first match wasn't bad either, but it, it was just that was definitely the highlight, not only because it was the longest match, but what we mentioned earlier, we had a bunch of guys in there that had good chemistry with each other and the action was was uh was really fast paced and yeah overall i really enjoyed the commentary team with william regal and josh matthews i i think they i don't know how often they've done commentary together but i i thought they actually did a pretty good job together especially just kind of filling in for um for this week since uh todd grisham wasn't there 
And it, there was no explanation, right? It was just like, hey, yeah, we just got different commentary. It's all good. Who cares? Yeah. And they did because, you know, I also went 3.5. Oh, nice. I thought, um, you know, I think uh, if there was like another regular match, I probably would have went four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the gimmick match, even though it did what it's supposed to do with its placement on the card, you know what? It, it did what it's supposed to do with its placement on the card. So I'm actually going to go Ooh. from... Three five to three seven five, Ooh. just because you know you got to be stingy with these foes, dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I felt like the uh, everything with his placement in the commentary, what they were doing, having Regal back there with with uh with Josh help get mm-hmm. everything a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was dope. Nice, solid three point seven five for you, boy. And then moving over to production entertainment, I personally went uh three. Oh okay, just because I felt like um there was uh. I don't know. No, nah, it's not even because I watched it on YouTube, but I felt like there was a lot more segmenty stuff mm. versus like show. Mm-hmm. Like I could have went for a little bit more show it, just to get me out of thinking, feeling like it was just like kind of like your average broadcast. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, I actually echoed you there as well, where I also gave it a three for production and entertainment. I think it was it was interesting because. Technically, they didn't do anything wrong with this this episode, but I I always have this weird. I don't know if it's just me. Uh, I'll explain myself. Where whenever they do episodes that are not in the U.S., I feel like they kind of go into a house show kind of vibe where nothing mm. really important happens. It's just putting on a good, decent show in a different location, but it, nothing no milestone things happen in those shows if that makes sense the thing with the um the those kind of shows is that you you could kind of break continuity mm-hmm. it's kind of like um it's like in comic books they'll have this thing where like you'll read like a story arc or something right yeah. and then every now and then there'll be the an annual uh, or be like it'll be a issue that's kind of loosely it's like a different adventure or something like that because yeah. it's not in con- it's not in the same kind of like pattern of what you already been reading it'll be like oh but they'll make like little references of like oh read spider-man but this might be like annual number three or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like these episodes kind of like trail off because you could you kind of have to play to the hometown favorites at those shows despite their alignment yeah yeah like because it don't matter what like if you're heel or face if you're the hometown boy you come out the crowd's going nuts for you yeah especially if you're going across water to do it yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know for these kind of shows you could bend the rules a little bit more kind of like to the tribute to the troops like mm-hmm. the heels are super heels the the faces are super faces for those shows like <laughs> so you know like it's a little bit different so like for these ones like you know you're you know when they go to like England, your English superstars are super English. Yeah. They get everything. Like they could do all their weird soccer chants and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. And it's like, oh, tight. But it's like, we sitting there watching at home. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. They saved that for Raw and SmackDown. They, they don't really pull those chants out for NXT. So I, I nah, for- cause they probably don't even know they going to NXT until they get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with this 
episode, we gave it a combined score of a 3.3, and that fits perfectly what we just described. The uh, the other part I was going to mention, too, I, I'm totally drawing a blank, but going back to the tribute to the troops one. Okay, I just remembered. It's interesting to me. Granted, I haven't watched an episode of Tribute to the Troops since they first started, but I was always surprised that they didn't make the U.S. title more of a focus during those shows. That they they should have they should should have been the title during that show. It should have been the 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 main event matchup should have involved the U.S. champion in some shape, way, or form. You know, even have a title mm. change. Who knows? Just. Yeah, that would have been dope. That would have been smart. Yeah. <laughs> Especially say, like, if you go to the tribute to the troop show with a heel US champ, yeah. like, you always turn that one over to the face. Yeah. Like, you should at the tribute to the troops, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. bringing that one home to the good guys. Yeah. That's like the easy way to get somebody exactly over for yeah. a day. Yeah, yeah. A day, you know? Oh, uh, you know what? That's hella smart. Yeah. I, granted, I just thought about that now as soon as you said it, but I, in my mind, I was like, did I, when I was just saying that, I was like, did any titles ever change during there? And then I thought, why not the US title? That makes the, mm. the, mo- the most sense. But like, it kind of depends on who's the champ. Like sometimes I, cause I, I still watch them. So, like, if somebody charismatic is the champ, they'll pander to the crowd when they're the US champ, but it's never like a obviously featured thing, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good idea to where it's like the tribute to the troops, no offense, should like, I don't think the WWE champ needs to wrestle at mm-hmm. tribute to the troops. Exactly. You should come out at the end and address the crowd, but the the US title should probably be the feature title on that show. And I think that'd be pretty dope. Cause then you could just give your secondary and under stuff mm-hmm. the that the spotlight. And maybe your champ could come out in the beginning, talk that trash, come out at the end, thank the crowd when it's dark. And yeah. then boom. You have a solid thing. They don't even do them on base all the time. No exactly. more. They do them in arenas. It's yeah, like, Because yeah. you can even pull off something similar to Stone Cold and Mankind where the 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 baby face is trying to get the belt off the heel US champion. And then the, the world champion comes and does the the the, the Austin run in costs mm. or or you know distracts the the heels kind of like goons and then the the baby face can win the title and you know just get people over that way but exactly but well, hey you what know, a, what a, that's what, why what do we know though what, what do we know that's all right that's why we just need our own tribute to the troops and u.s title <laughs> oh I, I was a local equivalent to tribute to the troops like fundraisers <laughs> fucking fundraisers fundraisers in the, uh, the local championship that's basically the first thing that came to my head. Mm-hmm. It's like your inner city title. Yeah. The, inner city, the, the inner city championship. That's, you know. Just have a rich snob beat a heel going into the show. And then. Straight up. It's like, uh, he from the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy. All he's got to be like at the fundraiser. Yeah. The fundraiser event is the tribute to the troops. It's that fundraiser event. And then like the suburb champ always loses to the, to the local dude from the hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy the local fan favorite like hell yeah easy easy home booking bro and it works on every level you take the equivalent title you take the equivalent role and then you take the equivalent like you take the equivalent heel and you take the equivalent face yeah plug and play 
Exactly. Like you could automate a wrestling show, bro. <laughs> <You can>. Like <laughs> honestly, if you put in some like algorithms and set up some automation, you could book a full wrestling show probably if you just like and, and put some variables, some e- some and and some ors. <laughs> Come all, on, dog. Because all you really have to do is like, okay, set up the algorithm where okay, this type of scenario and and matchup you only do in this formula so, mm-hmm. so you you don't you do in this show type under the like <laughs> yeah it's like it, it it's it's like random g- gambling algorithms pretty much at i'm that telling point. you dude tell dog we could get like half of their organization <laughs> fired <laughs> if we come and pitch them like a, the wrestling algorithm on how to book shows we're gonna be the Brad Pitt A's equivalent of money balling. <laughs> Hell nah, fool. We finna be the Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> we finna disrupt the whole wrestling industry if we figure out how to run algorithms to book uh. shows. And then like if you got your roster like input and who was supposed to be there. And so when you get no shows, mm-hmm. it automatically fill in with the next best person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell Come you. on. We're gonna automate wrestling shows. <laughs> Yeah, not even gonna have to think about booking the shows. You just have to like pick the type of matches that you want to run. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what's gonna come in our CRM when you pay extra for it. <laughs> the half K CRM. <laughs> All right, uh, and with that, that closes out the episode. And on next week's episode, we actually have the main event with Lucky Cannon going up against Byron Saxton. This one, again, on paper, it sounds pretty cool because we know that Lucky Cannons is still the greenest one from the uh, the rookie pack. And it's but, crazy because he got the most character right now. Exactly. So I, that's why I think it's a good matchup because you have probably the most charismatic but least experienced versus one of the most experienced and decent on, on the, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, charisma factor. So really looking forward to that matchup for next week. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Since we, since it kind of ran a little bit longer and added our banter in the beginning of the episode, I think we're just going to close it out pretty quickly here. I do want to do a couple of plugs since the last time that we recorded, where we have a second store now with uh, a second merch store with the What a Maneuver folks. Awesome folks, they set up our shop really quick this is kind of sounding like our first plug actually our first plug on the show so there you go it is actually yeah so yeah i would highly recommend for people who want to uh open up their first store that's dedicated to the wrestling space to go sign up for what a maneuver uh wham as we call it they they're really good folks if uh if you've had issues with other online shops or other wrestling dedicated online shops i i will say that these guys from personal experience are their customer service is really good they even sent out the wrong shirt or wrong sweater to our boy ryan but they were able to swap that out and do it fairly quickly as well so i i I really yeah really appreciate it too good yeah i love that it's a great story but yeah, so we have a second shop. We'll still keep the other one open for more of our experimental designs and for, of course, your 
battle merch with the L Dog series. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we want to nice. call it? What do we want to call it? The, the L Dog series. This the L Dog battle um, battle line. Uh, what do we want to call uh, it? Yeah, we could just. I like series. We could just call it the, the L Dog series. All right. Yeah. So if you want that, you can check that out on our original shop on T Public. And yeah, we're just gonna try to. I think we mentioned this on the last episode where our our schedules are getting a little bit busier now with the different projects that we have, but we're going to try to provide an episode whenever we can hook up and and get to the recording. But thank you again for tuning in. So until next time, this is your boy, Nando Kid. And you already know your boy who's uh, apparently about to be in the main event next week, Larry Cannon. Ugh. That's it. There you go. And we will see you next time. Take care.